This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Okay, my Let's Keep It Real people, what did you tell me last week? Sandy, you don't act your age. Thank God I don't act my age. And I'm so excited about that because while I was searching for who can I bring on that would be different from anybody else we had on the show in 15 years. And it was Eli. So Eli's in the house before I tell him about you. Thank you for being on the show. I'm like so excited that you wanted to be on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm uh, excited to be here. I'm excited by your excitement. <laughs> So we'll just have a positive feedback loop of excitement. (laughs) All right. So let's get into it right away. First thing I ask my guest, one word you get to pick, whatever pops in your head in the last 30 days, what word pops in your head that describe what's going on? Good, bad, or ugly? Strong. Okay. I've been doing a bunch of martial arts for... About three or four years now, but uh, in the last 30 days, I've been lifting weights more. And I just feel like as I as I navigate the terrain of the earth, I can just feel the power of each footstep I'm taking. And it feels great. All right. So are you an MMA fighter or you train in martial arts? Uh, I've done a few fights. I've done uh, a number of jujitsu tournaments. I've done three Muay Thai fights, which hmm. if if you don't know the difference, jujitsu is like strangling and breaking limbs and Muay Thai is punching and kicking and elbows. Yes. Yes. I watched my son doing jujitsu and wanting to do Muay Thai. So I was like, no, I can't watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's gotta be stressful seeing your child fight someone. Yeah. Yeah. I had to walk <laughs> away. My husband's like, just leave because you can't don't injure my baby. That would be really bad. Right. So I saw that you train freaking Two hours a day? Yeah, about that's uh that's usually what I, I do to get me right. That's my my uh daily routine is generally wake up and train for two hours immediately and then ice bath and sauna and then go in the sun for a while. And that's that's how I start my day. And then get a big protein filled meal. And then by the time I'm done with that, half the day is gone and and I'm just feeling healthy because that's really what life's all about is just taking care of your body and just making sure your health is number one. Like I put most of my energy in life into making sure I'm healthy because I do a lot of things. I'm aside from martial arts. I also do stand up comedy. I have my business golden cricket. We'll get into. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things that I can spend my time doing. And I just know for a fact that if I devote most of my time into exercise, eating healthy, sleeping on time, that uh, in 10 years, I'm not going to look back and regret anything. I'm not, I'm never going to regret taking care of my health, Hmm. which is, yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, you take your body everywhere when you feel great. And when you have a lot of energy, and you're not getting out of bed every day because you 
drank a little too much. I mean, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't drink at all. I'm completely sober. So I, I just feel okay. like a superhuman all the time. But the mind is infinite. Like, I truly believe that the the mind supersedes time and existence and reality, frankly, into faraway dimensions, you know, in terms of like reincarnation or a universal consciousness. I just think I don't think we ever really die. It's just the body dies. So the, the mind is infinite, but the, the body is temporary. And while we have this body, it's of the utmost importance to to take the most care of it. I so am 100% on board. I truly believe that. You know, I just think we cycle in, cycle out. We picked a different body, different life. So you said you've been sober. You don't drink at all. When did you make the big shift and why? Well, I had, uh, I've been an alcoholic for like seven years. I quit drinking about three years ago because it was doing such a number on my health that it was just, I had to stop drinking. I, I couldn't function if I was drinking just due to the, the health issues it would cause. Mm. And th there was a time where I went to a doctor and he was like, you're going to, you need to stop drinking or you're going to like end up in the hospital. And I was like, Oh, I guess I'm not an alcoholic. I'm just suicidal. So I was like that, that low that I would rather die than stop drinking. Yeah. So I was able to quit drinking with the help of magic mushrooms. But uh, then I got addicted to those and I was just on mushrooms all the time, which yeah. I haven't really heard anyone have that problem before. <laughs> I've never, never heard anyone else. And I have people that do magic mushrooms, but they never said they were addicted. Yeah, I was doing them every day for years. And then it got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm not having any negative effects from this. It was mostly marijuana and mushrooms that I was doing, which yeah. everyone's like, oh, yeah, those are fine. They're natural. Yeah, yeah, not the way I was doing them. I was going, I wasn't microdosing either. I was overdosing. So <laughs> it got to a point where, I was like, I don't feel like I'm having negative effects from all this, but I don't know anyone else that does this many mushrooms, so I should probably chill. And weed comes with its own handful of anxiety and stuff, too. And uh, the final straw was really getting to a point of embarrassment that I couldn't be happy or navigate reality without some kind of interface buffer. Like, I, I couldn't just be... I couldn't just exist in this world. I, I needed uh, a veil or a, a lens to to handle it through. And I was like, well, that's that's just weak. So I don't want to be weak anymore. So I just decided mm -hmm. and, and I had it had gotten to a point where I had been in a few like mushroom or ketamine trips. And uh, when I when I would be very high on something and I would have I would reach an epiphany and that epiphany was. I should probably stop doing drugs, <laughs> which isn't really an epiphany. <laughs> so <laughs> the opposite so just, why people do mushrooms, but go ahead. Yeah, I would just I would just like, wow, I should not be on drugs right now. <laughs> so it was um it, it was it was tough to to stop smoking weed at first because it's not just the drug you get uh hooked on it's it's the the rituals around it you you buy the flower and you smell it and then you break it down you roll it up and there's there's these accessories and you know uh, smoking can take up to 20 to 30 minutes at, at a time of your day so there's it's events throughout the day that are planned so mm -hmm. once i got past that um 
I, I I've never been so at peace with myself and, and <laughs> happy. And I define happiness as not being miserable and I'm not miserable. So <laughs> it's, I, I like that. Not miserable. It's your embarrassment. <laughs> not miserable, happy. All right. So I have so much to unpack there and questions from people before you came on they wanted to ask. So first of all, did you replace the ritual? Like when you're talking about smoking pot, I get it. It's like, for me, maybe it's a healthy thing, but I'll make not magic mushrooms, but mushroom coffee or tea. And I like the whole process and I like smelling it and I like the beans. So what did you replace with that? Like, is there something else, you know, to fill up that gap? Oh yeah. I, I replaced it with martial arts. And okay. I mean, I was, I was already doing a lot of martial arts before, but I, I replaced it with productivity. And so anytime I would get the urge to where like, I wanted to go smoke and that would be when I would smoke, that was replacing anything else I would have been doing. So I would have just been sitting there with the pipe or whatever, the joint. Yeah. And yeah. Listening to music that I would, it would be furthering myself. It would just, it was just kind of keeping me at bay, just kind of just hiding me from myself really. And now whenever I get that urge, I'm like, Oh, I got to go do something. So I, I'm just more productive now. And I, I get to the point where I pack so much stuff into my day that by the end of the day, I'm like exhausted and I'm ready to go to sleep. And it, yeah. perfectly on time for when it's time to go to sleep. So I just do that every day and just stack up as many wins as possible. And, you know, after doing that for, for weeks and months down the road, I, I can look back and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing great in life. Okay. So my son's going off to college in August. Can you talk to him about this? <laughs> I'm like thinking. I get it's different, but he's like, Oh my God, mom, I get it. I get it. Mom, you know, peer pressure. like, mom, I get it. But it's true, you know, it's easy to get into that ritual and look forward to it. And I've seen things and I don't think they're vases, like, you know what I mean, in his room. So, <laughs> well, alcohol is bad. I can I can say that with complete confidence, although yeah. it did. Uh, man, there's there's benefits. I'm not I'm not like a. I, I still think drugs are a good idea. I, I do think that they helped me become sober. <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't I don't know if I would have gotten because because they paved the way for a lot of good times. I don't want to go too far on this. <laughs> get you there. I'm, I, I totally understand. Well, I have a joke I do on stage where I'm like, I think if you want to be successful in life, you should be sober. But first, you should do a bunch of drugs, because if you're just sober from the get go, then you're just going to be a dork. Which <laughs> way up. That's true. So, which leads me to the biggest question. I'm sure it's because of some of the Netflix specials, not naming names, but is it part of the core like that a lot of comedians drink way too much and do too many drugs? I mean, is that just part of the lifestyle? Yeah, for sure. There was a, a time when I started my company that I just quit doing comedy pretty much altogether unless I was asked to be on a show i wouldn't go out of my way to do it because the the lifestyle is rather toxic you have a bunch of people that are just joking about how much they hate themselves and want to die and staying up till like 2 3 a.m yeah. just smoking drinking doing drugs and uh i mean don't get me wrong it's it's very entertaining to be around but it's uh not the lifestyle i wanted to go with which is you know it, it 
I have a lot of passions that kind of conflict with each other. But you're a rapper, but, aren't you? you I, so, I see the guitars back there. So I didn't know how that fit in. But then I saw, but I couldn't find them. You had two rap songs. I have three full albums. Correction. Three full albums. Yeah. And are I just, they rap or what? I, I'm just a, a creator, really. I mean, when I was a kid, I had all these big dreams of, you know, being a rapper or a ninja or a comedian. And, and I was just like, I never felt held down enough by society to where I had to succumb to a reasonable nine to five and, and normal lifestyle. So I, I always just thought outside of the box and I just I still I'm doing all the things I wanted to do since I was a kid. Yeah. Well, you said you've been working since 12 on your own. Yeah. Yeah. So my first business uh, was uh, an eBay store that I made when I was 12. So when I first found out eBay existed, I was on the family computer and I was like, whoa, people are just selling random stuff on here. So I just made an account, lied on PayPal that I was 18. And I started selling like drawings. Oh, I thought you sold your parents' stuff, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You saw drawings, your drawings? Yeah, yeah. That was like my first talent. I was was really good at drawing. Okay. So you have all these interests. A lot of the people that are watching and listening, their main concern with mindset is they like a lot of things, but they lack focus. So their question to you is, because we're going to get into the golden cricket bar. How do you stay focused when you have so many different talents? And what do you do every day to get in that mindset? Because many of them, that's the biggest thing they have trouble. With. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out, too. i I'm not that great with staying focused. That's why I do so many things because I'll get burnt out on one thing. I'll switch over to another, which, you know, a lot of people worry about me spreading myself too thin and I would be a lot more successful in any single one of my endeavors if I had just focused on one instead of five. But I mean, I don't really, I I want to do everything. Mm-hmm. I, I've never wanted to be the best at one thing. I just want to be good at a lot of things. And as long as I can mm. pay my bills, I'm I'm happy with that. So I don't advise if people want to be the the top of their hierarchy to do what I do. But I think the I think it's good to have multiple things going on, multiple different passions or projects so that when you get sick of one, you can go on to another and feel like you're still making forward momentum so like Mm. let's say i get injured and i can't do martial arts i can work on my business and do comedy and so i still i'm still progressing at other things in life Mm. i'm I'm like a like a hydra of goals you cut off the head of one of them and and the the, another one's gonna grow and like i was saying earlier how do i get myself in that mindset to just keep going at things It's, it's the 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 training the training yeah. and, the, and the health okay so little sidebar here my whole life i heard that sandy you're not focused sandy you won't be successful you're a wing nut sandy you won't be taken seriously because you are too goofy 
And guess what? That wasn't true. I am a jack of all trades and a master of none, but I was very successful and did what I loved. I don't think, Eli, I would have been happy any other way. I really would. So I had the health clubs, but I also liked writing and teaching and dancing and speaking. And I, I did a little bit of everything. And I think it made me who I am. Maybe I could have made more money in my health clubs if that's all I do. But I don't think so. I really don't. I would have been yeah, so unhappy. I would have been unhappy. I, I mean, I, I try to balance out the the focus on money severely because I, I pay a lot of attention to that because it's it's such a scam. It's not real. And you're seeing this in the the country today about how, you know, with it, I think people are starting to realize that inflation is because they're just making it up out of nowhere. So people are starting to realize that they're like, wait, I'm working a job I hate for a boss I don't like to get pieces of paper that are just made up. Like I understand we need money and I encourage people to get as much money as possible. <laughs> but, need money. but also, I mean, if, if I could, if I could make an extra, if I could make a million dollars a year, working 50 hours a week, I wouldn't do that. I, w- I would turn that. I mean, maybe for one year, that'd be, that'd be a good idea. But yeah, yeah. In, the, in the, I I like that. I have my free time. Yeah, me too. Like I have, I have the time to do whatever I want explore all these passions and, and connect with amazing people and, and hang out with my friends and stuff. Yeah. And that's success to me. It's true. It's true. And you know what? I'm so glad you're doing it this way. And I always tell my kids, if I would have listened to everything everyone told me about what it was like to be successful, I would not have so much joy in my life. You know, and not that they I call them well-meaning people because they meant well, but they only could come from their perspective and their life. So when I'm reaching out for advice or mentors, I'm I want them to be people that I go, oh, I love how they're showing up in life. You know what I mean? And I respect who they are. That's who I want to hang out with. Yeah. And I've gotten a a lot of uh, I've been challenged a lot on my. uh, My my perspective on the importance of money, like my dad was. Was like money's not going to make you happy. I, I was always since a young age, I was very serious about getting money. And I was like, I just, I just want money. I don't, I don't care about anything else. And because that was the phase I was in life should be lived in phases. And I, the first phase has got to be money. Cause that, if you have money saved up when you're young, that'll free your time up as you get older. But my dad was like, money's not going to make you happy. I knew this guy. I, I had a friend who he, he lived with his kids in the studio apartment in New York City, and, and he was like a musician, and he just wanted to live there and do music, and he was happy. And I was like, how much did a, that apartment cost? I was like, a couple grand a month? That's money. <laughs> That's money. You can't say. And, and he was like, well, well, you're trying to say that you have to be like a multimillionaire to, to be happy. And I was like, I've never said that once. <laughs> I actually did the calculations, and last time I checked, it was like 80 grand a year is what you need to be happy. So- 
I've, I've never said that you need to be rich to be happy, but you need money. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a difference. So I'm not saying there aren't times, Ela, I should have cared more about money and that I wasn't maybe taken advantage of because of my nature, but I would do it all again because everything I did, I was so passionate about. So if I was staying up all night doing it, I was just riding high. You know, it wasn't like I had to do it. You know, I loved doing it. So I want to get back to when you said you've been working since you're 12. Were you always work? Did you ever work for someone else or since then always work for yourself? Uh, I worked at a mortgage brokerage for several years when I got out of college. And I was just like, I'll, I'll just I wanted to buy a house. So instead of dealing with a bunch of mortgage people, I was like, I'll just become one and figure out how the system works from the inside so I can prepare oh. to to find myself the best rates and, and whatever. So I, I just learned the whole process and ended up buying a house uh, six years later, seven years later. Oh. Were you in is that were you in California? Yeah, yeah. But I now was, you're in Austin. Correct. I've been in Austin for like three years. You like it? Oh, I love it. Everything is the best out here. I don't miss California Where were you in whatsoever. California? Uh, all over Southern California. Any city 30 minutes from the ocean, I've lived there probably. I was originally from what Orange What made County. you move? Uh, literally everything. Um, oh. <laughs> everything? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was living in Los Angeles doing stand-up and that was the only reason I lived there. Okay. So when the shutdown happened, I was like, well, I have no reason to be here anymore. And I want to buy a house. I want a backyard for my dog. Mm. I want to become a ninja. And I could tell that comedy was about to be big out here, too. So I was like, OK, I'll get into the ground floor Uh-oh. and I'll start a business. I, I wasn't exactly sure what that business was going to be, but. Yeah. And then I, I moved out here and did all that. And, I've uh, been all over great. California. I've never been to Austin, but two of my friends just moved there and they love it. Yeah. You might want to wait though. It's like 110 degrees today. Okay. So wait till like October. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We better get it in. Cause I could see we could go off on a tangent, but. Golden cricket protein. I want to hear everything from the beginning, like how it started. When did you come up with it? Where were you? And I love it. And I love your marketing, by the way. Awesome marketing. Awesome website. Really good. Thank you. So when I was like 22, I started traveling the world just solo with a backpack. I was... I was doing e-commerce, so I, I had my finances figured out and I wanted to see the world. I wanted to gain perspective and, and see what I'm missing out on. So first place I went was Thailand because it was so cheap. And I ended up eating a scorpion out there and it was actually really good. And then I did some research and it turns out they're super nutritious and super sustainable. And I was like, huh, OK, so like we should be all we should all be eating bugs. And. I didn't really do anything with that tidbit of information for years. I, I just kind of like 
it was just, I was like, okay, new opinion unlocked. <laughs> and I just, yeah. any, if it came up in conversation, I, I'd bring it up. But other than that, didn't really go anywhere. Then once I moved out to Austin, I start doing martial arts. I'm, I'm part of like an MMA team. I'm doing stand up. I'm building a community out here. I have a lot of people who support me. That's and so I'm cool. like, well, if I build this business, I have a lot of people who would be excited about it. And uh, a friend helped me with the name Golden Cricket. Like you got the golden ticket. And it is uh, a cricket protein bar with uh, peanut butter, chocolate, banana, date sweetened, shiny gold, um, very angular logo, prominent, uh, strong branding. So everything and crickets are 65% protein by weight. They contain all nine essential amino acids. They use 2,000 times less water to produce than whey protein. They're high in calcium, magnesium, zinc, iron, potassium, omega-3, omega-6, vitamin B12. They're a natural prebiotic, and it's okay to kill them because they're just crickets. There's ethically not that big of an objection to it, So, which is funny, but a lot of vegans will switch over to us. So Golden Cricket is single-handedly putting an end to veganism. Yeah, I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's less net death. Like, even if you're just... For every piece of broccoli you eat, you know, there's mice or fox foxes that have died for that. You know, whatever's in the field when they're plowing through, they're just getting shredded up. So, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't just go over there. What do you mean? <laughs> well, when they farm vegetables, they're they're driving these machines over no. and they're grinding up everything in that field. So you're and I know people who've worked on farms and they've give me firsthand accounts. They're like, yeah, whatever's in that field, rabbits, mice bunny whatever fox they they said foxes i don't i can't imagine a fox being ground up i'm, but I'm just i'm just going off what my friend said uh oh in, in terms of the specifics but how could i not know this how did i not know this all these years i'm not thinking of that all right go ahead well they're not in the food i know <laughs> but but they, there well, is the a lot is, of i grow my own veggies so there's that i'm not grinding up Foxes. You sure you didn't accidentally catch a rabbit in there? <laughs> no, but I would because they eat my veggies. But go ahead. All right. So anyhow. So there's less net death. Also, as a stand-up comedian, the worst thing you can have in the audience is crickets. So I was like, I'm just going to kill them all and turn them into food. Oh my so, God. so there's like so many layers and levels to this company. That uh, Where are we in when this idea is popping into your head from storing it from eating scorpions um 2016 is when i ate the scorpions and then and then 2021 is when i founded the company so i told you i went to thailand in 2018 to do a speaking gig and my family couldn't come but i spent 10 days there and I felt very safe. You know, I toured all around by myself after the speaking gig. I mean, I was afraid to cross the street. Oh, my God, you could get you have to go in the middle. But, you know, I did the whole thing. And my favorite thing was sitting there. I don't know what the outdoor. What do you call them? Feet things where you sit in a little fishy, eat your feet. You know what I'm talking about? The big. Yeah. I don't and know what they're called. People like you from all over just traveling by themselves with their backpack. Most people were traveling solo that I met, 
you know, and I got to hear all their experiences. It was amazing. And oh my God, was it inexpensive? I, I couldn't believe it. You could have a full meal on the street for a dollar fifty. And that was 2018. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Traveling is one of the traveling alone is one of the greatest things I've ever done for myself. Yeah. That I strongly recommend to anyone else because it teaches you problem solving. Yeah. You're you're in a situation where in your normal life, you're probably more likely if someone is holding up traffic or someone is being a, a nuisance in some sense and you're just like screw this guy or if if you're in another country you're the guy who's the nuisance so you can't blame anyone for anything if anything's going wrong like it's it's all on you and like you're the foreigner you don't speak the language you have to respect their land and you got to figure out how to communicate with them you got to figure out how to get what you need and how to how to get around and stuff so it it teaches you problem solving a lot and and you'll you'll run into so many speed bumps and a lot of things just don't work out like yeah. you'll just miss the train you'll be stuck in the rain but it doesn't matter because it's part of the experience cuz out here if i miss a turn or something i'm like god damn it that's going to take me an extra 10 minutes to reroute but out yeah. when you're traveling it's like you're just you're just really along for the ride there's no appointments so yeah, it's 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 so like a rearrangement. Thailand? Where else besides Thailand did you really like that? You've oh, I've, been? Been, I've been to like 25 countries. So I've been all over South America, Europe. Uh, I've been in New Zealand. Where more more recently have you been? Uh, last place I went was Costa Rica for a jujitsu camp. I didn't really do much wow. excursioning, though. That was we literally just lived in a mansion for like five days in the jungle. Did you do any zip lining or anything? No, no. I didn't. <laughs> I did it when I was in Costa Rica. It was fun. But you know what? A lot of my friends get nervous. They were, they were like, what about trafficking? You're going to Thailand by yourself. And this is my husband. She knows self-defense. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. I, I don't know. I felt very safe. But when I travel four times, I bring them and four times I go alone because it's a whole different experience. I never would meet the people I meet, you know? Well, Thailand is exceptionally safe as far as countries go. Like yeah. there's a lot of places. I don't think women would be safe traveling alone, particularly like uh, South America, some Eastern European countries, some European countries. Um there's a lot of there's bad parts of town in a lot of places, but in yeah. Thailand, it's I, I've actually broken this down on why it's so safe. And there's a few reasons. Number one, it's illegal to. To say anything negative about the royal family, so there's no back and forth banter like Democrats versus Republicans that just creates uh, separation internally. So. Okay. Like, if you look at the news. It's always an angle from one side or another, which which causes this like psychological ripple effect of people maybe even subconsciously taking sides. So 
that's out of the picture. Then you have the fact that everyone knows martial arts. So people have nothing to prove to try to fight you about. And then that that's mostly applies for men. Okay. I don't think women are going around like, what are you looking at? <laughs> but, and then the reason why it's safe for women is because prostitution is fully legal and also extremely affordable. So you like don't have a bunch out of, there. you don't have a bunch of incel school shooters. Well, wait a like, minute. What about the monks and the temples? I mean, I thought that's what you were going to put in there because <laughs> they're meditating. I got kicked out. I was laughing too hard by meditating, but I didn't mean to disrespect. Anywho, okay. <laughs> so, the place. What's the next place I should go then? Because I've traveled a lot, and I've been. I like to- Portugal a lot. I've never been to Portugal. I loved Portugal. It's beautiful. It was, I think it's one of the cheapest places to live right now, too. Like if I had to, if I had, if if I didn't have so much going for me and I just had to give up and fail at everything, I would move to Portugal. You know what? My friends who live in New York City, when their daughter went off to college, they bought a house in Portugal because it's way more affordable than New York City. Yeah. You know how much it was? No, no, but I can ask because Neil and his family just moved to Portugal. Loves it. They visited a few times, but he said, Santa, I just couldn't resist the price. And since their daughter is off somewhere, they decided to do it. All right. Wait, I got to get back. They're going to be like, wait a minute. But what about the protein bar? All right. So you made a big statement in that it takes... 2,000 times less water than whey protein. I just want to make sure I got it right. Yeah, it uses 2,000 times less water to produce. In terms of how much they consume during the time it takes to harvest the amount of milk it takes to make the amount of whey. Okay. And where are these bars being made? Uh, They're being made in California. The crickets are being farmed in... Well, there's a... We we get our crickets from a farm in uh, Utah oh. that is partially owned by Mark Cuban. Oh. So if he's putting his money there, we we know we're on the right track. And then the bars get manufactured in California. And there's a lot of things still in motion. Like we've only been bus- in business for a year. So yeah, I saw that. A, a lot of things are constantly changing. When you say we, you have other partners or... Just well, my my little brother works for me. Oh, so we're just like a small local family owned business here in Austin. And people people like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. They really like that. All right. So. I got in where you live, why you live there. How you got these bars. You mentioned a little bit that you're developing a community in Austin for your comedy. So they want to know, is it virtual or do you go to the houses, the comedy houses? Um, I, I go to comedy clubs. There, I'm, there's no virtual anything. Uh, you know, I'm, some I'm, people do, like they're doing that virtual, you know, stand up, whatever, and you sign up and you pay your little money. I don't know. They have. Yeah, around. that's that's weird. Uh, I'm no, I'm out like 
weird. I'm out doing events, like interacting with people one-on-one. I always wonder how that worked. I mean, I guess it started over COVID, but how can you get the reaction from the audience? You just assume they're laughing at your jokes. I don't know. I did it once. I think it's on YouTube still, but it was a long time ago. It was way before COVID. It was like my first year of comedy. They had like a, a group chat on Skype. And then you'd have to say your jokes and you'd wait and be like, oh, okay, there's laughter. And then it's weird. It was, Listen, yeah, it was weird. I know because even for me, I was getting booked to do speaking gigs online. And oh my God, I wanted to shoot myself. You, you just can't play off the audience. And the best is when they book you and you're sitting there and they want you on. And then people are looking at their computer and not listening to you. Like, that's the worst, isn't it? Like, if you were, imagine you doing a workshop and someone's like just doing this on their computer, I'd be like, yo. Yeah, they didn't like that. Because it bothered me that they weren't paying attention. Like, that's why I need to go into the audience. Wouldn't that bother you? I don't know. Just bothered me. Yeah, well, I mean, having people pay attention to you is kind of (laughs) the most important thing. Just in, just not, not even just comedy, like business too. Like, that's, what marketing is all about. Marketing is all about garnering attention. Money is essentially a representation of attention because anyone who has millions of dollars is famous in one way or another. A lot of people either know them personally or know their company or know their services. There's there's attention. Attention is the prerequisite to money. So the goal is to get as many eyes on your product as possible and then that will start converting into sales. I never heard it said like that. I love that. Okay. So three things before we go. I got to make sure I get in. One, where can they hear your music? Uh, you don't, you don't want to hear my rap music. It's, we don't? <laughs> it's, it's insane. Is it insane and like vulgar like for me like my peeps or yeah 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 (laughs) all right so we'll say that is for a different audience number two with your protein bars where can they buy them uh you can buy our protein bars at goldencricket.com and just click buy now. We have one flavor of the protein bars they're peanut butter chocolate banana outstanding reviews and then we have a horchata, which is a like a cinnamon rice milk protein powder for smoothies that has no sugar oh. and more protein. Oh, I didn't and, know. That. And people love that more than the bar. So you are you staying with selling it on your website? Like you don't want to go into stores? Is it better? The margins better? Uh, it's just really hard to get into stores. I'm still trying to figure out how to do that. We're in a bunch of local stores in Austin. Like is Whole Foods something you pitch? Uh, they won't sell crickets. Why? Because they're crickets. They're not considered generally regarded as safe, even though there's a minimum cricket allowment or there's a minimum insect allowment in all of their foods. But um, I think that's some kind of internal food politics. Oh, okay that I'm hoping will change there's, but I'd like to get into H E B or I guess you guys don't know what that is. That's like a Texas grocery store. Oh, okay. 
It's called H. Say it again. H-E-B. H-E-B. I would like to get in there. Okay. Are you writing that down? Yeah. Why? Because I can tell my friends in Austin. I don't know. You never know who knows somebody. That's the way things happen. Oh, I see what you're doing. Actually, I just sent samples into Central Market. Hopefully they like them and reach out back to me. Central Market is owned by H-E-B. But it's like more has like a more like Whole Foods vibe. Listen, I believe you never know when it's going to hit. I had this woman on. I just want to tell you, she came on my live show a couple of weeks ago. Her name is Maggie Cook. And she grew up in Mexico in a foster home, really bad childhood life. She ended up getting a scholarship to come over to the United States for basketball. And in her way to make money and make food for her family back home, she made salsa, right? And then got a loan for $800 to make salsa. And then in 2016, she sold her salsa company for $231 million. And I, every time I hear stuff like that, and she's so amazing and wants to just give back, I think you just never know. You know what I mean? $231 million to Campbell's Soup. Yeah, that's insane. And she's so humble. And she helps other people in the food industry. That's why I really believe the more you help others, it comes back. So that's why I'm writing all this stuff down. Because you never know. Yeah, that's that's my goal, too. That's why I like I have enough money to support myself. I have enough money to do what I want to do. My car is paid off. I own my house. So what I want to do with more money with this company is help grow the community around me, help sponsor martial artists, help sponsor comedy shows, whatever else is going on. I love it. I love the comedy, the protein bars and the martial. I love it. I think it works perfectly. But no rap, no rap. (laughs) Well, the now rap name is, you know, you know what I'm going to do. My right? rap name is my rap name is Brody Lowballer. If you really feel so inclined to delve into it. Well, you know, I'm going to have to find it now. You just know. And then I'm going to listen to it with my son. and We're going to crack up. Your yeah. son's going to love it. I know. And he always goes, Mom. I can't listen or watch that with you. I'm like, <laughs> and I can't. All right. I've had fun. I'm so I'm so glad you came on the show. But before we go, what else didn't we get in that you want to get out there? Anything? I mean, we got the bar, we got the website, got what you're doing. Any last words of wisdom, Eli? Stay hydrated. Get a lot of sun. Stay hydrated (laughs) and get a lot of sun. All right, my let's keep it real people. Wasn't this fun? We both appreciate it if you rate it, liked it, and share it. And we'll put it on all platforms to make that as easy as possible. And you know what I'm going to say. Wait, wait. Follow oh. me on follow me on Instagram at CricketLordMMA. <gasps> One more time. Follow me on Instagram at CricketLordMMA. Because we'll put something in there. All right. Thank you. Yeah, it was- Great doing this with you. Thank you. It was fun. I'm really glad we got to do it. And you know what I'm going to say until next time. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.